Today is our last message for our series, Growing in God. In the last three weeks, we talked about prayer and how important praying is and the highest form of communication to God is prayer. We also talked about praying in secret. And then we talked about proclaiming the gospel. Jesus said, whenever you eat or drink, to remember what he did on the cross. He knows that you're going to eat three times a day. To some of you, you're probably eating more than that. So it's good because hopefully you remember Jesus and what he did for you a lot of times all throughout the day and all throughout the week. Last week, we discussed about yet another important key to growing in God, which is meditating on the Word. We train our minds to chew on the Word. We found out that meditation is so important because it's really knowing the Word and repeatedly uh, rewinding it in our minds so that it would permeate our entire being. Today, I want to talk about fellowship. Fellowship. We use the word fellowship a lot in our Christianese language. We tell people, hey, come on, let's fellowship. Or, you know, fellowship has been used flippantly. It's like uh, getting together or let's party. But what is true fellowship? Where did this word come from? What is biblical fellowship? The word fellowship is derived from the Greek word koinonia. Koinonia can be defined as holding something in common, doing something in common, but it just doesn't end there. Because if it's just doing something in common, then we're just another social club, another gathering, another group, another thing that we do together as in recreation or business or even religion. But real biblical fellowship is defined in Philippians 2 verses 1 to 2. Therefore, if you have any encouragement for being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in Spirit and of one mind. Biblical fellowship means being united in Christ being like-minded, being once in spirit and of one mind. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the truth as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and in the blood of Jesus, his son purifies us from all sin. This is in John 1, verses 6 to 7, which brings me to my first Point. Point number one, fellowship is not fellowship without God's presence. What do you mean with that? It means three things. Without God in your conversation, when you're meeting, it's not really fellowship. Without God's word as the foundation of any of our meetings, it is still not fellowship. Without God being glorified in these activities, or gatherings, it is still not fellowship. In short, without God, it's just another gathering. It's just another get-together, another meeting, maybe another party, okay? What differentiates it with fellowship, with biblical fellowship, is God's presence. With God's presence comes godly conversations. With God's presence comes God's word, 
and God being glorified. This is real fellowship. The highest level of fellowship, by the way, is actually prayer. Prayer is a sign of faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Prayer turns any activity into fellowship, whether it's a basketball game or the tennis open or any gathering, whether it's sports, music. When God is being glorified, you can say that, okay, fellowship is beginning to happen. When there is prayer, we invite God's presence into the mix. Without prayer, all the other meetings is futile. In fact, it is when you are praying in secret or praying with fellow believers or even praying with lost people or praying in a group or a gathering, it becomes not just a gathering, but it becomes a fellowship. Praying is the highest level of connecting with God's people, with God himself, and with the lost. In Acts 2.42, I love this verse. It really talks about fellowshipping. What they did was they remembered to pray. All of them were in prayer. And then they shared the word, the apostles' teaching, and they broke bread. And this is fellowship. Fellowship is not fellowship without connecting with fellow believers. Just because you're together physically doesn't mean you're connecting with each other. Just because you're doing things together, like eating together or watching a movie, doesn't mean you're in fellowship. This is, that's why you know we have recreation. These are just recreation and clubs. It can be a fraternity, a band maybe, a gathering with some same interests. Even though it's done together, may not be real fellowship. But when God is being glorified in the meeting, in any way, shape, or form, that is fellowship. Just because you talk to one another doesn't mean you're connecting with one another, whether it's a friend or a spouse. See, real connection happens when real relationship is built. Let me repeat that. Real connection happens and you're really connecting when real relationships are built. You know, for example, husbands and wives. You know, I've seen some of some couples where they live together, live in the same roof, probably same the same share the same room rather, and still not really build a relationship. They're just going about their day. And probably, you know, I call it business. It's all about business. You do things together but you really don't connect or you don't get to know each other. Hence, true fellowship is building relationship with one another. It is long-term because relationships can't be built overnight or in an instance. Fellowship has to be consistent. It has to be long-term, non-disposable relationship. Uh, this is why fellowship is intentional. Okay, It's deliberate. It is a continued connectivity with your spouse, with your children, with your friends, with people around you, with fellow believers. And why do you need to build relationship? Folks, because that's how discipleship begins. Jesus himself built relationships with his 12 disciples. He connected with them regularly for a long period of time in order to know them, to minister to them, to teach them, to love them, to care for them. In short, they did life together. Another word for fellowship is shared lives. You do things together. You walk together. You know each other. 
their ups and their downs. That's why God said to not neglect meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. So whatever medium or way you can connect and meet, whether it be face-to-face in homes or in a coffee shop or even in FaceTime (laughs) or WhatsApp, Viber, Zoom, or whatever in the future, maybe hologram or teleport, or in the spirit through prayer. Do you know that you can actually be connecting with somebody, even if not physically, through prayer? You know, when you pray for someone, reminds me, every time I pray for a friend, they become closer to you. Didn't you just, you, didn't you, don't you see that? You pray for someone regularly and you become close to them. Because there's something, there's a spiritual connection. So you don't neglect connecting. That's fellowship, shared lives. Koinonia also describes the unity of the Spirit that comes from fellow Christians. Shared beliefs, shared convictions, and even behaviors. One of my best friends, some of my best friends are people who I can connect. We've lived through the ups and downs in life. We believed together. We cried together. We celebrated life together. Okay, We solved problems together. And we go- looked to God's word as the uniting factor. You know, you unite. It's like a triangle. This is you. This is our other people. And when you fellowship together with one common thing, God, you become closer. When those shared values are in place, genuine koinonia, Genuine biblical fellowship occurs. This fellowship produces our mutual cooperation in God's worship, in God's work, in God's will being done in the world. Is God's will being espoused in your gatherings, in your parties, in your meetings, in your workplace, whether it's it's in the marketplace You know, you can still invite God. You can turn any meeting into a time of fellowship by simply inviting God into your gatherings. Which leads me to my third point. Point number three. Fellowship is not fellowship without genuine love and care for the lost. Being with people who don't know God yet is fellowship. When love is given. When you begin to care for the people out there, we are the hands and the feet of Jesus. We're the physical representation of Jesus. We shouldn't lose connection with the world. We should connect with the world without being worldly, without compromising. In this way, we become the salt and the light of the world. You know, I fellowship a lot with fellow believers, but also with friends who don't know God yet. And in time when they realize, there's something about you. I sense peace in you. I sense the love of God in you. When God's presence and love is present, wherever you go, we create real fellowship. When God is real in you, they see Christ in you. Whether you're in the office, some of your office mates may say, hey, there's something different about you. I sense that you know God. That's because there's love and care. See, the world needs fellowship, folks. The world needs you in, your, in the office place. There are places when, where I can't reach that only you can reach. That's why God placed you where you are to create koinonia in your place of work, 
in your vocation, in whatever you're doing. The world needs God's presence. This is the reason we pray for people. By the way, 98, probably 99% of the world will not neglect prayer. Go ask some of your friends, whether it's two or three or five of them, when you say, let me pray for you, you begin to create fellowship. This is the reason why we share his word to others. It may be just one verse that you share. We bring God into their lives. You know, the second greatest commandment was written. He says, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. We need to love others as we love ourselves. Jesus knew how much we love ourselves, right? We love ourselves so much. That's why he said that. When we have love for the lost, when we care for them, this is fellowship. This is fellowship. Whether you're helping somebody transfer or move from one house to the other and showing them the love of God, you say, no, this is not me, it's the love of God. It becomes a fellowship in a gathering, in all places where we have the opportunity to be God's children. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one, one another. Folks, when we love people, Okay. People will know that you're a disciple. People will feel God's love for them through you. This is genuine fellowship. You know, I feel God's love for me through fellow believers. Of course, directly from God, but also through my friends. We are the hands. And you, by the way, you're the hands and the feet of Jesus. You are the representative of Jesus on earth at your workplace, in your school, in your offices, with your friends. You represent Christ. You are his ambassador. And lastly, let us consider how we may spur one another toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the day, all the more as you see the day approaching, some people just give up meeting together. My wife always would tell me, hey, Jay, follow up on this, these people. It's so important that we do not give up meeting together. Some people are too busy to gather with others. They're too busy with work. Here it's just clear, don't give up meeting together. In another version it says, don't neglect meeting together. Friends, family is important, fellowship, is important. It's God's means to help churches grow. He knows the importance of community and family. This is his way of winning the lost. Have you won the lost for God through fellowship? Have you been the hands and feet of Jesus, people around you? I believe you are. Let's continue to fellowship with God firstly, and then with fellow believers and with the world.